Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Let's go to the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. We've been working our way through this book. This is what we call growth. You see, we can grow numerically, but sometimes we got to grow within. Amen? I'm glad that we have a room full of people. I'm glad, thankful for the audience online, and we do welcome you today. But I'm more thankful that the people that are connected to what we are doing are growing. In the early part of Ephesians, it says, grow up. I'm glad for folks that just want to grow up. Let's say it together. I'm growing up. I'll just leave that right there with you. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Here we go. Some of you are saying, okay, he had three boxes of caffeine and one donut this morning. We're good to go. <laughs> this is heavy stuff that I'm about to read you because this is stuff that hits the toes. But it's important stuff and it's good stuff because this is the stuff that Paul was bringing out to light, shining out to light to the people of Ephesus as we explored in chapter number one that scholars really believe that when they wrote this letter or when Paul wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus, it was to the church is, not just to this specific church. And obvious, it found itself in the canon of Scripture in the New Testament and probably one of the most powerful personal and corporate growth books that you could ask for. It doesn't deal a lot with doctrinal things, but it deals with personal growth and how we conduct ourselves as individuals, and how we conduct ourselves as a corporate body in the flesh realm and the spirit realm. How many knows we need both? We can't be so heavenly minded, I'm no earthly good. I can't be so earthly minded, I'm no heavenly good, right? So somewhere we got to meet in the middle, and I believe Ephesians helps us find that that equation that helps us get that balance where we can look at things above and not things below, but not our heads so high in the clouds. We're tripping over stuff around here wondering what we're tripping over. I'll say it again. Our heads so high in the clouds that we're tripping over stuff down here and wondering what we're tripping over. We must know what we're tripping over here in order to fight the battles with God up there. You with me? All right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, I'm going to read right down. It's a little bit of reading this morning, but here we go. Therefore, be imitators. Everybody say imitators. Imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. If you don't remember another thing I've got to say this morning, remember what Paul had to say. Walk in love. Amen. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma, but fornication and all uncleanness of covetousness, let it not be named among you as it is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornication, unclean spirit, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Verse number eight, for you were once darkness, but now you are light. Let's say it together. I 
am light. Walk as children of light, verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I thank you you took us from darkness to light. Thank you for the light of the word of God. Thank you for the light of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus Christ would be the shiniest, strongest, and brightest light in this region. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. If you've been reading with me, this was no surprise, but if you haven't been reading with me, and this is the first time in quite some time, or maybe the first time ever that you've heard Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 to 13 read, you'll see that it's boots on the ground, toe-stomping stuff that Paul's dealing with, but he realizes that stuff needs to be talked about in order for us to grow up. Is that fair? So he says, be imitators. Notice how he says it, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. How can I imitate God? How can I imitate what Jesus is doing? And I realized that some of this context was brought up in another message a few weeks ago, how that we talked about that kids will imitate one another, and they'll imitate you, and maybe your, your, one of your kids will dress up and, and try to help you around the kitchen and act like you, right? But God says, be imitators of me. Now, that's a pretty, that's a pretty tall order, wouldn't you say? Be imitators of God. First of all, someone just said, well, I'm not God, so I'm off the hook. Someone says, well, I'm not perfect, so I'm off the hook. No, no. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, so we have to let the willing spirit do the willing stuff. Amen? And take over that stuff which the flesh is very weak and cannot obviously even accomplish and so how, how do you and I, in this crazy day you and I are in, imitate God? How do we do it as dear children? How do we do it and walk in love? Well, let's explore it just for a moment, shall we? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. If you and I want to know how to be imitators of Jesus Christ, Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read not only about how those that were patting his back and were for him treated him, but also read about how he responded to those people that didn't believe what he believed, that did not endorse what he was doing, that was not one of his guys, that was not one of his influences, that was not one of his branders, as it were, but they were constantly in opposition. You notice how he responded to those people. He got right in their face and loved them. He did. You're looking at me like I'm telling you a yarn, but it's the truth. <laughs> There's sometimes that we get in, in situations where it's easy to hang around the crowd that agrees with you. It's easy to sing, you know, hang out with a barbecue crowd that's singing your song and your songbook. But what about the people that don't? 
because that was the crowd Jesus was after. It's easy to hang out with the crowd that's talking your talk and thinking your thought, but what about the people that don't? Walk in love, walk in love, walk in love. What would Jesus do? He'd walk in love. He would walk in love. Zacchaeus was not one of Jesus' closest friends, but what did Jesus do? You're going to come down out of that tree, and we're going for tea. That's what we're doing. We're going to hang out. I want to get to know you, and I want you to get to know me. And before too long, by the time I'm done with you, you're going to walk like I'm walking, think like I'm thinking, and do what I'm doing. Amen? He left us that example that you and I can follow. Understand the enemy has left an example as well. Luke 6.36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. John 1 and 12, but as many as received him to them gave he power, they say power, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How do I be an imitator of God? He gave you the power to be an imitator. It's okay to be a copycat for Jesus. Huh? It's okay. Why? Because I have the power to be an imitator. That's why he said, go heal. Go deliver. Go set free. Let them go. Whatever you bind, you loose. Whatever you loose, you bind. How does, it, how does he say those things? You have the power to get it done. I've given it to you to get this done. And that is how you and I walk in this world that doesn't walk your walk and talk your talk and think your thought. How? Because you and I have the dudamus and ex- so see a power of the Holy Spirit residing within us that even when they don't agree with you, you can love one another, hold one another, and walk together. This walk of love. Walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Chapter, chapter 2, I feel like I'm reading a book. Part two of this would be this walking in love. And here's, here's what I'm going to ask you this morning. You're going to chuckle at this a little bit, but I'm going to ask this. What kind of stench are you leaving behind? Hello. When you walk in a setting, when you walk in a room, being the imitator of God that we are trying our level best to be, is there the sweet aroma of God in the room so strong that it gravitates you? You with me? My dad used to use Old Spice. Anybody here ever use Old Spice? Some of you still do. I don't know. And Brute. Remember Brute? You always got it every Christmas in the stocking. Brute. It was brutal. It cleaned the old nostrils right out. No problem at all. And all the other fancy kinds, I don't know what they are called. So that's, I know those are about 4 or $5 a bottle. But I know you can get expensive stuff. But when you walk in the room, you knew someone had Old Spice on. When you walk in the room, do they know you've got Old Jesus on? When someone walks in our room, do they know we have Jesus on? When they walk into our worship gatherings, into our prayer gatherings, do we know there's a sweet aroma? 
We realize we're a group of people that we're all trying our best. We're all trying to get somewhere. We're all trying to grow in our ministries and our personal lives. But at the end of the day, the end product should be this. You know what? I realize we all have our good days and bad days and ups and downs. And we're all somewhere on this level of growth. But at the end of the day, there's an aroma in that room where those people are walking in love. Regardless of whether I agree with them or whether I don't agree with them, there's an aroma in that room. And I want more of it. I don't know where you bought it. I don't know where you got it from. But I want more of it. There is an aroma that just absolutely is pleasant to me. And I want more of it. If you're wondering, do, do I leave a stench or do I leave an aroma? All you've got to do is ask a few people around you that you don't normally hang out with, that maybe don't agree with you, and go have a 10-minute talk with them and read the body language, and you'll know exactly what kind of aroma you're leaving. My walk in love and your walk in love. Our goal, the accomplishment of the goal, is something to move forward and say, you know what? When I leave, Christ is still there. We're not little Jesuses. I can't be everywhere at once. But I remember this. When my dad would leave the room, the fragrance of Old Spice stayed there. You with me? When you and I leave that conversation, and you and I are no longer present in that room, what are they saying about your talk? Who? What are they saying about the presentation of not just what you said, but how you said it? And this is what Paul's getting at. There's all kinds of crazy, nutty stuff going on in the world. You've got to walk in love and be imitators of Christ. And therefore, you can do these things and accomplish it well. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you also must love one another. How do we love one another even sometimes when we can't stand one another? He's given us the power to get it done. Oh, it's quiet. Check this one out. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. But thanks be to God. Say, thanks be to God. Now you've got to find out what you're thanking him for. Who always leads us triumphantly as, check it out, captives in Christ. I am captivated by his power. I am captivated by his fragrance. I am captivated by his love. And check this out. And through us, everywhere, the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Oh, I got to read that again because y'all fell asleep on me. But thanks be to God, who also leads us triumphantly as captives in Christ. And through us, you check it out. He trusted you and I enough that he put the power of the Holy Spirit within us that the fragrance of God flows out of us to those around us. Well, I'm going to keep on going on. I'll preach that to myself a little while later on. For we, check it out, for we are to God the sweet aroma of Christ amongst those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Whew, that is a mouthful, and that's a headful. When you look at how God looks at you and I, he says, my folks, you're my old spice. You're my special ones. You're the apple of my eye, and I've got an aroma of love and forgiveness and grace, and it's flowing out of you. It's flowing out of you. There's a sweet aroma everywhere you go, and everything you touch, and everything that you say, there's an aroma coming out of you, and even the world, they say, you know what? I want that. Say, whoo, 
All I've been doing the last six months is arguing. Well, stop arguing. Last six months, I've just been trying to prove a point. Stop! There's one point made. Christ died for man. God will forgive them and bring them back and let aroma flow. You say, well, I'm trying to get something done. There's part three of this message, too. 2 Corinthians 5.14. For the love, check this out. This is massive. This is a mouthful again. For the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded that one died for all, therefore all died. Let me ask you a question. This walk, is Christ controlling you? Just a question. Remember, he used to say, just asking for a friend. It's a progression. Say, Joe, if you only knew the last six months, if you only knew the last 12 months, I get it. But I'm going to tell you something, that the sons of God are empowered by the spirit of the living God. And whatever God has mandated you to get done, it will get done. When it lines up with his word, it equals his spirit and moves the kingdom of God forward. Amen? How do we know? Check it out. Verse number 8. Remember I told you there's part 3 of this deal today. Chapter 5, verse 8 says it this way. You were once darkness. Now, I want to make a point here because it's very clear in Greek grammar how he brings us out. When he says, you were once darkness, what he's saying is, you were once darkness. It's like saying this, I was once a farmer, a dairy farmer. I didn't hang around the farmers. I didn't mock the farmers. I was a farmer. He hadn't smelt like one. <laughs> he's saying, you were once darkness. He didn't even say you were once in darkness. He goes, you were. But check it out as he writes along again. He says this, but now, or say now, you are light. I'm not darkness. I'm a lit up. I'm bright. The one sitting beside us, I don't have a bright guy, but anyway. You are light. Walk as children of light. Let me ask you this. Are you casting shadows today or are you casting a light? Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is all in goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Jesus put this out in the five wise virgins and the five foolish. They were all candidates to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb or the supper or the event at that time. And But five were not full and five were empty. What he's saying is you can't do this alone. You can't make this alone but be full, be full, be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he guides them along because there's a call that is continually coming out from those parables to the church saying if you want to be the light... In this really, really dark world, you've got to be full of my spirit. Now, I was down south a few years ago when there was this song that used to sing. The, I, I think it's fair. I know some of them watch this, this service right now. And, and forgive me, I'm not making fun of you because I sang it with you. I'm proud to be a Christian. Yes, I am. Proud to be a Christian. Yes, I am. <laughs> Riding around shining our little church going light. Proud to be a Christian. Yes, I am. 
Well, look what that so-and-so did over there. Oh, my, look what they're wearing over there. That's a shadow, not a light. If all I'm doing is putting stickers on the board saying, bless God, I made her 52 times. Put the 10% in the bucket. And I got the attention of the pastor five times this week. We're doing good. This is big stuff right here. Time's ticking. And this is 1159.59. And if there's ever a crazy, radical opportunity for us to be the light, it's right here and it's right now. See, light does a lot of things. It lights us up. It shows us things that others cannot see. Amen? Light will reveal things that others cannot see. Light will show things that otherwise would not have been seen. And I'm telling you right now, what the cry of the Holy Spirit when I was going through this and chewing all this for the last two weeks is saying, is be the light, be the light, be the light. Because there are many factors at work right now on earth where he is depending on us as a church to fulfill a mandate that was given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. It would not surprise you that people are coming to you in these crazy, emotional, polarized times saying, what's different about you? Why do you have hope when the government's saying this one day and doing this the other day? My hope is not in a system of this world. My hope is in Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And your testimony, your light, it brings them, it gravitates that aroma that you left behind. Even when they didn't agree with how you thought about how things should be going, it still left a fragrance of God behind. And they come and said, I want to know, where did you get that? I see a light that I never saw before. It's beyond just powerful manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We're going to always see those. There's no two ways about it, but 24-7, a keen, acute awareness of the power of the Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us. But notice what he says. He also says that this light, as much as we walk in it, as much as we grow in it, he also gets down to the latter part, and he says, you know what this light will do? This light will manifest. He says in verse number 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful, unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Here's what I see. I see this. That as we go along this journey, and I've been pushing, pushing, pushing hard to the, the assignment that is over the church. That he is depending on, and not just depending on the church to fulfill, but trusting the church to fulfill. Some of you are crying out for justice. Some of you are crying out for status quo. I'm going to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit will reveal and expose everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will show up and he will reveal. I'm telling you right now, some of these battles are not for us to fight. But when the Holy Spirit works, it will blow your minds what the Holy Spirit is about to expose in these next few weeks and months. God's going to open up. He's going to show. Why did he put Joseph where Joseph was? It exposed. It exposed. It exposed. And God done the rest. I'm telling you today, when you and I are the light and not a shadow, when you and I are a fragrance and not a stench, that that light will help expose. 
The Lord opened, I'll give you just a little example. The Lord opened up a door in government for me a month ago. And I went and spoke to a group. But here's how God opened it up. I could have went with this haughty attitude. I've got all the answers. And you've got none. You know, I wouldn't do that. I'm foolish, but I'm not a fool. I said, Holy Spirit, I want you to guide me because I'm going to a room where they don't think like I think. They don't know everything. And not that I'm better, but I'm better off because the Holy Spirit's within me. He's empowered me to be that. He's empowered me to be the imitator. So when I leave there, I want Jesus to look and say, Jody was in that room. But man, he represented me well. I'd done what I had to do. They gave me total freedom in that room. To share what I needed to share. In love, not condensation, not judgment, nothing of the nature. Nothing. I get an email a few days ago from the director saying, I need to meet with you one-on-one. What have we been praying for? Unity, power, and influence. God, get me in front of the key people. Get us in front of the key people. Because if we're going to see a sweeping revival across Canada, we need stuff. We need people stuff. We need people to turn towards God and the people of God. And we need those people to trust us that we got it together. You with me so far? I am saying this, that when you and I are walking in light, when you and I show up and say, you know what? I'm not just around the light. I am light. If it wasn't for you in the room, it would be dark. What a huge responsibility upon our shoulders that I'm not just hanging out with light, but you know what? I am light. Why? Because you know what? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in you. It will quicken your mortal body. You're showing up, and the only light in that room, the only light in that restaurant, the only light in that office is you. And You can say, I'm the most powerful because I'm the only light. Or you could say, man, I hope there's a whole kinds, all kinds of light bulbs when I'm done here. And so worship team, come back. I'm going to tell you something. That's why I said walk in the fruit of the Spirit. If you walk in flesh, you'll trip over the traps. You'll trip over the traps. But when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit, you'll start getting phone calls, text messages, emails, news reports. This became truth. That became exposed. That became revealed. Everything that God is doing is for one purpose on the earth. I want you to hear me. Cla- I want you to hear me clear this morning. Everything that God is doing on the earth is for one sole purpose. Oh, that I would, that nobody would perish, but everybody would come to repentance. And see, all this earth's been shook up the last 24 months. No, the church has been shook up. Because we're finally finding out what we're made out of. We're finally finding out our maturity level. You can't test if there's no test. 
And it can get quiet in here. That's okay. But I'm telling you, that's when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, you know what? Throw me to the fire. I'm not going to stop praying. And they got to the fire. Throw me the fire. I'm going to worship anyway. I'm going to magnify God anyway. And when they got to the test, they passed it. But guess what? You have to write a few tests to see are you light or are you just leaving a stench? Whew. What's the prayer? What's the challenge of Ephesians 5, 1 to 13? Be imitators. Not of the things of the world. That's easy. But be imitators of God and walk in love. And when your light shines, and your light shines, and your light shines, and shines and leaves a fragrance and aroma of God. I shared it Tuesday night, and I believe it with all my heart, and I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew the spirit of prophecy was over me on Tuesday night. But I'm telling you, God's going to use His loving word and His loving people to reach a lost and dying world because things that people say, no, that's not the case. No, that's not the case. They're going to say, oh, wow. I didn't see it that way before. Why? The light makes things bright. And it exposes. But understand this before I know been a little longer this morning. Understand this. Why is this so imperative? Because the light just doesn't expose the negative. It also exposes the positive. There are people running around Charlotte County saying, I'm no good. I can't do anything. I'm a mess up. I'm second fiddle. I've lost it. And the Holy Spirit shines his light upon you and says, do you see what I see? I see a gift. I see a calling. I see anointing. I see favor. I see destiny. I see promise. Let the Holy Spirit expose stuff in your life that you don't even believe about yourself. And be proud and be strong in this room or online and say, you know what? I am not darkness. I am a light. I am light. There will be a gravitational force of the Holy Spirit that will attract people to you. See, the earth and psychology calls it the law of attraction, but it's not the law of attraction for there is a photocopy or there's a, there's a mimic. There's, a, there's, there's always a copycat in the spiritual realm. And it's not the law of attraction. It is the law of the gravitational force of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he begins to draw, and he begins to draw, and he begins to draw. This week when you leave the conversation, what's left behind? They say, I'm glad they left. That was stressful. Holy smokes. All they were concerned about was winning that conversation. Or are they saying, what's your number? I got to get hold of you. We got to talk more about that. I don't know what you all just said there, but I, I need more of that right there. My heart is this, is that we leave an aroma in Charlotte County of love, power, and God, help us to walk in love. Help us to walk in grace. Help us to be light. Help us not to act like light, but help us to be light.
Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.